Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. All right, I want to welcome everybody at our 288 campus, our Friendswood campus, our Alvin campus, our Webster campus, and everyone who's joining us in our online campus today. Uh, first of all, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms, right? Happy Mother's Day, moms. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you, are, you are loved and appreciated. Thank you for bringing us into the world. Thank you for taking care of us, and hopefully we weren't too much trouble, but I know some people in our church were more than a handful, so... We're grateful for you, and we honor you on this special day, and we hope that you, uh, you sense that today. Um, I, I, I wanted to remind the 99 sheep who are safely in the fold, you know who you are. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. You're a part of our church family. The 90, and if you haven't been around for a while, and I know we're having people come back every week who haven't heard what we're doing and uh, I know we have new people every week that don't know what we're up to as a church, so just a real quick refresher, but especially this is directed at the 99, not the lost one, but the 99 sheep who are safely in the fold of the family of God. We are quickly approaching the weekend when we will announce the commitments for our We Are Witnesses initiative. That weekend that we make the announcement of all the commitments combined is going to be May 20th and 23rd. That's a Thursday and then a Sunday, which sounds like a long time. But think about this. That makes, if this is the weekend we're going to announce it, it makes next weekend the last weekend you can walk in to one of the campuses and turn in a commitment card to have your, your amount included in the total amount of the commitment. So, please, Get your commitment card in today or next weekend. Uh, what's at stake here? Well, a little bit of review. We're just trying to reach the lost ones by relaunching our church in August, which is going to be a blast, adding seats and classrooms to our 288 campus, which is going to take several years to complete, uh, starting two new campuses in the fall of next year, uh, supplying the Sudanese people in Uganda and the BDBD refugee camp with Bibles on audio. All that with the intent and the goal of making Christ known by reaching more lost ones. And, and uh, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get real with you. Can I get real with you in church today? Can I get real with you? You don't mind me being honest, do you? Uh, I ask our finance director, are we on track to hit the goal that we have? And the answer was, hmm, not really. So, you know, I asked the 99 to think about this and pray about this, and if, if they're able to make some kind of 24-month commitment. So I'll just put it in these terms. I asked the 99, so far about 33 sheep have, <laughs> of the 99 have uh, turned in commitment cards. So if you're waiting around thinking that somebody else is going to take care of this and you can kind of sit this one out, I'm just telling you whether you can commit a lot or just a little tiny bit, every little bit's going to help and it's going to take all of us working together, Okay. And uh, so, so just think about that and pray about that. The Lord needs you to help us get this done, all right? So uh, 
Today, we're going to continue in our series, uh, uh, We Are Witnesses. And what we've been doing in the series is we just asked the question, what happened after Jesus ascended back into heaven? What happened after he resurrected? And that, the answer to that, of course, is the book of Acts, where we find the vision that Jesus gave in Acts chapter 1. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that was chapter 1. Chapter 2 was the beginning of the church and the growth of the church as tens of thousands of people came to faith in Jesus Christ. And then in chapter 8, we saw a great persecution break out against the, the, the people of the church and the believers were scattered out of Jerusalem into all of Judea and Samaria and places beyond, taking the gospel with them. And then last week, or last week yeah, in, the, in uh, Acts chapter 10, we saw the door of the church open wide up, wide open for other races. God was making one big family out of many races and just so you know, and I hope this is not too confusing, between some of these events, a lot of time passes. And if you are a Bible nerd, and, and you, I say that with love because I am too, but if you want to know details, um, in the listening guide today, the digital listening guide that you can get using the QR code by the doors of the auditorium or by texting LG to 642123, I have included a rather long addendum at the end of the listening guide that gives the dates for each one of these events, some of which are years apart, okay? Just so you can kind of think through that. These things weren't necessarily boom, 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 boom. There was some time that was taking place between these things. And today we're gonna see an example of that. We're gonna be in Acts chapter 12, where I'm gonna encourage you to pray for one. Acts chapter 12 takes place 14 years after Jesus has ascended back into heaven. Most of the disciples have left Jerusalem. Um, uh, the followers were scattered, remember, by persecution. Some had come back, some never left, but the Jewish religious leaders were pretty effective in running a lot of people out of town. That was the competition. That was the competition. Christians were the competition, but there were still a few uh, who dared to be in the area trying to be witnesses. And today I just want to read through Acts chapter 12, beginning verse 1, and I'm going to stop along the way and make some comments. And that's going to be the sermon, because that's what we do at our church. We get into the Bible and we learn from it. Is it okay if we get into God's Word today a little bit more? Okay, I know it is. But uh, Acts chapter 12, beginning verse 1, it was about that time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. So James and John, the two brothers, the disciples of Jesus, the three guys that were the inner circle for Jesus, James, John, and Peter. By the way, these were the guys that got the nickname from Jesus, sons of thunder. But now one of them has been killed by, by Herod. And just so you know, not, hopefully not too confusing as well, but there were six Herods mentioned in the New Testament. All had the same name with a different you know, last name sort of, but okay, that, that was wrong. They don't name people, didn't name people like we do now, uh, but they had a different tag on their name, okay? So all of the Herods, all six were related and all were horrible. This one, no exception. He was, he was not a likable guy. And so he's working on being more likable by jumping on the bandwagon of the angry people of the day. And the angry people of the day were the Jewish religious leaders who absolutely hated 
Christians. So Herod was thinking, I'll, 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 I'll kill some Christians, and then the Jewish religious leaders will love me, and then the people who follow them, which were many, will also love and respect me as well. That's all the feedback then that Herod needed to want to do more. He had James killed. Verse 3, when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the feast of of the festival of unleavened bread, which is another way of saying the Passover. Uh, When he saw, pardon me, I know what I'm doing. Uh, When he saw that this met with approval. So he grabs Peter, another one of Jesus's disciples, another one of Jesus's closest friends. And as we talked about last week, and Peter was the one that God used to open up the door to the Gentiles, to all races within the church. And so this is a big deal. He's got a big fish on his hands. He's got this guy in custody. And he gets ready for another approval payday by planning to execute Peter also. But it happened to be during this, this festival of unleavened bread, which the Jews loved. They loved their festivals more than they hated Christians. And so... Uh, he decided to wait because he really wanted the Jewish leaders to love him. And so he was going to wait, but he, he planned after the festival was over with that he would have another execution. Listen to me. It was a political move by a guy who loved to be loved. And let me tell you something that uh, maybe isn't the point of the text and not the point of this sermon, but it's a point that we all need to understand, I believe. If you only care about people liking you, you will end up doing stupid things. Amen? If you only care about people liking you, you will end up doing stupid things. If the desire to keep everybody around you happy is, is your top goal in life, you will be working overtime in stupidity. But people do it all the time. Even Christians, they try to please these people over here. And so oftentimes what happens is, in order to please this group over here, we have to lower our standards, lower our values, lower our standards. And then, and then we move over here to another group and, and we have to change them again and so forth. And it's so exhausting because you have to remember what doesn't go in each group and you have to change your standards for each and every person, each and every group that you're around. It's a terrible way to live and an exhausting way to live because, as you already saw, because I clicked too many times, you can't look to culture for standards, then look to God for strength. That deserves at least one amen in God's house today. You can't look to culture for standards and then look to God for strength. God gives strength when you're living by his standards. He doesn't give it when you're just doing whatever you want to do. And if you're, let's just go there, if you're a little exhausted today as a Christian in a crazy world, let me give you an alternative today that is not exhausting but is life-giving. And this really, I'm going to click the button. It's going to go to the next screen. And it would be like, that would be a moment for an amen, okay? I'm just setting it up, just setting it up. I feel like I need to help you guys today. Here's an alternative that is not exhausting, but is life-giving. Live for God alone. (laughs) Do you really believe that or did I just coax you into saying that? Just live for God. If people don't like it, that's okay. Because God likes it. 
when you live for him. And God is the one who has the power to bless. God is the one who has eternity in the palm of your eternity, in the palm of his hand. God is the one who has your best interests at heart. Other people don't have that. God has that. If you want to live to please somebody, live to please God. So if you're a little tired today, it might be, might be, maybe, I don't know. But it might be because you're trying to not upset anybody, trying to please everybody around you, trying to keep everybody happy. Do this instead. Live for God alone. In fact, here's your daily schedule. I'm going to give you your daily schedule. If you don't know what to do each day, here's what you do. Live each day for God. Say your prayers each night and then sleep like a baby. That's it. That's your agenda. Live for God each day, say your prayers every night, and then sleep like a baby. Because when you put God first, he takes care of everything else. When you put God first, he takes care of everything else. Speaking of sleeping like a baby, Peter's execution, according to the text, is more than likely the next day. It's the next day. It's about to happen. And, uh, and, and, and how's Peter doing? How's he doing? Okay. Verse 4, after arresting him, Herod put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by the four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out uh, for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison. But, but, say that with me. I know it's a weird word to repeat after me, but let's do it. But, okay, so if you do have your physical Bible with you today, I want you to circle that word. If you don't have your Bible with you today at church, then when you get home, I want you to circle that word. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, circle the word but. And then I want you to go to your neighbor's house. If they're Christians, knock on their door, ask them to bring all of their Bibles to you. And I want you to circle the word but in all of their Bibles. And here's why I'm saying that. We got a bad situation. It's a bad situation. But, so what comes after that? The church was earnestly praying to God for him. So you got a bad situation. We've landed in a bad place in the scripture here. It's bad for Christians. It's bad politically for Christians. It's bad in society for Christians. It's bad physically for Peter. Each way that it can be bad, it's bad. But the church was earnestly praying for him. And I'm going to tell you something today. That, my friends, is a difference maker. That's a difference maker. Now, it's the night before his execution. There's going to be this fake little trial with an immediate death sentence handed down. And it looked like his fate was going to be the same as his good friend and fishing buddy, James. So what's the guy doing the night before his execution? What's, doing, what's he doing? What's going through his heart? What's going through his mind? Verse 6, and it cracks me up. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was, what? <laughs> he, was, he was sleeping. Some of us can't sleep on a normal night with normal issues in our lives. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. So Peter's sleeping, the, the church is praying, Peter's sleeping, and now I'm going to say something that somebody needs to hear today. If you want to sleep good at night, say your prayers. But if you want to sleep great at night, 
asked somebody else to pray for you. And I say that because I, I pray for whatever's going on in my life. I do. But there are times when I feel like I'm the only person praying on a particular subject. I, I, I have to keep I have to keep going to God with it. I can't, I start to fall asleep and I'm like, oh, oh God, God, take care of this. And then I remember something else. Oh, God, take care of this. And if I know that somebody else is maybe picking up the slack, standing in the gap for me, it gives me more comfort. There's something comforting about knowing that your concerns are being carried to the throne room of God by somebody who cares about you. So pray for yourself, absolutely. But then call in reinforcements and get somebody to pray for you. There is peace in prayer. It's actually a supernatural byproduct of giving to God that issue or concern, handing that thing off to God. Uh, a few years back, I was piloting a plane, which should strike terror in your heart because I am not a pilot, but I was with a good friend and we were in his little tiny plane, and I'm in the front seat with him, so the controls are right in front of me, and he wanted me to fly, and so we're flying, and, and I grabbed the controls, and I didn't really feel like I was doing anything, but he was, he was saying, you're so good, you're like a natural. I was just sitting there like this, you know. <laughs> I had a death grip on the, on the uh, controls, and he wanted me to do the feet thing, you know, and do, do this, and I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of ways to die in an airplane, you know, and and uh, as, whereas with a car, you can you hit something or you can turn left or right. With a plane, you, there's all kinds of ways that things can go wrong. And so I'm just, I've got the death grip on the wheel and I have no peace whatsoever. He's kicked back and he's just talking to me through the headset, telling me what to do. I actually have a picture of that day. Here's me that day that, <laughs> that's actually pretty close. But he was lying, 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 saying, man, you, you're doing so good. I can't believe you've never flown before. This is awesome. You're, you're so good. And, and then he said something to me that absolutely put me over the edge. We're coming toward the airport, and he's having me descend, you know, descend, descend. And there's the runway, and, and we're getting close to the runway. And this about made me lose my mind. He said, I want you to land the plane. And I couldn't say no because I'm a man. And I don't know if you know this, but if one man asks another man to do something that that first man can do and the second man does not do it and it's dangerous, then they like cut the corner off your, your man card. And so I'm thinking, I want to keep my man card intact. So even though I was freaking out and hopefully not showing it, I said, okay, I'll land the plane, and we're going down, we're going down, and right before we touch down, you know when you get that squishy air right next to, the, next to the runway, right before we touch down, he just says real loud, I'll take it, and he grabs the controls. I don't know what he saw exactly. I'm thinking that it was me yelling the Lord's Prayer at the top of my lungs. <laughs> but anyway, let, let me tell you what happened to me. The millisecond that I took my hands off of the controls, I had peace. You with me now? Some of you got a death grip on the wheel because you are trying to control everything in your life. And I'm telling you, if you want to have peace in your life, I'm telling you today, let God take control. Let God take control. How do you get there? You give it to God. You give the control to God. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We did a whole series on these two verses right here, which I love. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? Prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to present all of our concerns, our requests, everything goes to God. That's our part. Here's God's part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Transcends all understanding is a biblical way of saying the peace that you will have does not make sense. Peter was asleep. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're like, hey, do, do you understand what's going on here, sir? Do you understand? How can you have peace when you're probably going to be executed tomorrow? How can you sleep? It doesn't make sense. And some of you with us today in church have experienced the same thing. Not that you were about to be executed, but maybe you had a job interview the next day. Maybe you had a a doctor's visit that you were not looking forward to. Maybe you were going to hear the results of a test and, uh, and it, it, it was concerning to you. Maybe you were going before the judge. Maybe you had to pass some tests at work in order to keep your job or to get a promotion. And, and, the, and the night before someone, maybe your spouse said to, you, said to you, tomorrow's a big day, how you doing? And maybe, maybe you've had this moment where you said, you know what, you may not believe me, but I got peace. I got peace. I'm not worried about it. And maybe if you continued a little further, you would say, I know that God is in control. You know what gets us to that point? Prayer. Prayer, giving it to God. Prayer gets us there. It is a gift from God to us, listen to me now, that we can give to others. You with me? You thought I was talking about praying for yourself the whole time. I'm talking about you can take the concerns of someone else and go to the throne room of God on their behalf. You can give somebody else the gift of prayer and the gift of peace. Back to the text. Verse 7 now, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains just fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Peter, put on your clothes and your sandals. And Peter did so. Uh, Wrap your cloak around you, man, and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. So couple things about the text here that I want to pull out. First of all, it says in, in, I think it's verse eight, that that, uh, the angel says to him, wake up, get up, put your sandals on, put your cloak around you, follow me. Which when I read stuff like this, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean the angel can make his shackles fall off of his wrist? The angel can open the doors to the prison The angel can make the guards somehow unable to tell what's really happening, but the angel can't put on a guy's sandals for him. Here's the deal. I believe that passages like this are all through the Bible for this following reason, and this can be applied to all areas of our life. 
God will do his part, but there's always something he wants us to do as well. God wants us to do, God will do his part, but there's always something he wants us to do as well. So for those of you who are just waiting on God just to do absolutely everything, he may want you to put your sandals on. You with me? There's something that he's going to want you to do in the process. And uh, I, always, I always poke fun at the people who, who put the verse from Exodus, you know, uh, on their Instagram and so forth. It says, stand still and be quiet. The Lord will fight for you. I see it all the time. Saw it the other day again. And so I'm calling you out if you're putting it on, 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 on Instagram or somewhere else. Do not speak. Stand still. The Lord will fight for you. That's what Moses said. The very next verse, God says, why are you sitting here? talking to me, get moving. Okay. Can God do everything? Can God do anything? Can God do everything? I'm asking. Okay. hundred percent. God can do everything he wants. He can do anything he wants, but what he really wants is for us to be involved in the process. Now in the story, we're dealing with a very powerful, powerful person. You got King Herod. He has all the power in that territory He's assigned these soldiers to guard Peter. Peter's got guys on either side of him shackled to him. He's got guys outside the door. He's got guys outside the walls of the prison. There are guards everywhere. Peter is in, he's in real lockdown. You thought you were in lockdown for a while. He's in real lockdown. And you look at the story and maybe the first thing that you think when you look at the story is, wow, Herod has all the power. Herod's got the power. And I'm saying this because there's some times in our lives where we're like, this situation has all the power. My boss has all the power. This person who's coming against me has all the power. The evil one has all the power. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God has the ultimate power in your life. God has the ultimate power. And it's so important for us to remember that whatever's happening in our lives and it looks like someone else has taken the throne away from God, God is still on the throne. He still has the power, but he still may want us to put our sandals on. He, he wants us to cooperate with what he is in his power doing in our lives. Peter thinks he's dreaming. Then he realizes, wait, that just happened. Verse 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were doing what? So this is tagging on to the verse that we saw above, which was, but the church was earnestly praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door. And told everybody, hey, Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. So, so they're gathered inside praying, praying for Peter. Peter shows up at the door. Rhoda says, Peter's at the door. Here's the reaction, verse 15. You're out of your mind, <laughs> said the people who were praying for Peter to be released from prison. <laughs> You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. Now you think about this. They're praying for Peter to be released from prison. Peter's been released from prison. And they don't believe that Peter's been re released from prison. Which means that they don't 
even believe that what they're praying, God has answered. Which is, hey, for what it's worth right now, sometimes we're praying. Happens to me on a daily basis. And there's something huge. And I'm like, God, can you do this? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't know. This may be too much to ask. This may be too much to ask. Let me tell you what God does. God overcomes your faith with his power. God can do it. Even if you can just believe a mustard seed of faith much, that much, God can overcome even your unbelief and do awesome things. Verse 16, but Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand, be quiet, be quiet, and described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the other brothers, by the way, not James who had been killed with the sword. Peter knows that he's dead. This is more than likely Jesus' half-brother James who became a leader in the church in Jerusalem during this time period. So tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had happened to Peter after Herod had a thorough search made for Peter and didn't find him. He cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Wow. So let me cut to the chase here. Prayer works. Prayer works. So are you praying for someone in your life? Are you giving them that gift of praying for them? Who is it that God wants you to pray for? And as we have said throughout this sermon series, and we're going to continue to say, we believe that God has put somebody into your life on purpose for such a time as this. We believe that there's somebody who needs Jesus that's in your life right now. And the reason that they're in your life is because God wants you to take a concern for their soul. He wants you to begin to pray for them. So who can you pray for who might need to be released from the prison of sin that they are caught in right now? Who has God put in your life that needs the salvation and the redemption that only Jesus can provide by his atoning work on the cross? Is there a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that you know of that needs to come home? If you care about them, you will pray for them. There's power in prayer. But listen to me, prayer is not powerful by itself. It's powerful because it is the thing that connects us to an all-powerful God. Pray for one. Pray for somebody. Allow God to pick that person out for you and pray for them. And I will say that the reason that some of us are in church today is because we had a mama who prayed for us every single day and some of you gave her so many gray hairs some of you maybe were released from like a real prison because of the prayers of your mom some of you know jesus today because of the prayers of your mom and i'm not just saying this because it's mother's day i'm saying this because there's something about moms and my wife is a big time prayer i was telling her baby dedication folks yesterday that every single day for the entire time that our kids were in school every single day all the children we had all three kids 
she would wrap her arms around each one of them one at a time and say a prayer over them every single day before they left the house. They turned out pretty good. And I take credit for all of that. (laughs) I'm saying the prayers of a mom, man. And so I'm just saying, let's pray hard. Let's pray hard for people. Pray hard for the person that God puts on your heart. And if you don't have that person in your mind and on your heart yet, start asking God to reveal who it is to you. I've got somebody that I'm praying for. And honestly, it's going to be a long shot. But I'm going to keep on praying for him. And maybe yours is a long shot as well. Fantastic. Let's pray for him. And then in August, what we're going to do at all of our campuses, we're going to have a 21 days of prayer. And we're going to say fasting too, but I don't want to scare you right now. I'll explain the fasting part later. As a church, we're going to pray for all of our ones. And at all of our campuses, we're going to open up a hole in the wall, probably in our auditoriums. And we're going to ask you to write the name of your one on a card. And at one service, we're all going to put our ones into the wall. And then after it's over, we'll close the wall back up. And then we're going to join together for 21 days straight. And we're going to pray hard for those people. God's going to show up in their life and that they'll show up in church and that their lives will be changed. And, and I'm hoping we won't be like the people, you know, <laughs> that we saw at Mary's house when Rhoda came to the door. And, you know, if somebody comes to you at church and says, hey, your friend you've been praying for is here. They're in the lobby. I hope you don't say you're out of your mind. I'm praying for them. I'm hoping they'll come to church. No. But I'm telling you, when they do, man, when they do, your heart is going to feel like it's going to explode in your chest. Let's pray and pray and pray for that one. We're going to do all we can on our end, the staff and volunteers at our church. We're going to provide all kinds of just fun things at our church in August. Remember, August 22nd, I think, is when we're doing the relaunch and those weeks after. And we're going to have like food and a festive kind of atmosphere going on and probably the movie series. And we're going to, we're going to push it over the top. But I'm just going to tell you something. It's not going to work if you don't pray. Will you pray for one? Will you? All right, I hope you will. Would you stand with me for prayer? All right, once again, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Um, Glad that you're a part of our church family. And uh, if you're not, you came to visit with your family today. We're glad you're here. We're honored to have you in God's house with us today. Now, if you want to make a decision for Christ today, if you've never accepted what he did for you on the cross, his atoning work there, there will be prayer partners down at the front of the room. And that's true for all of our campuses. You can come down and talk to them today and they let them pray for you. If you understand what this is, if you have a death grip on the controls and you need somebody to pray for you, come and see our prayer partners and get somebody else, uh, Uh, behind you with support of prayer and taking those things to God's throne as well. Let's bow.
Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time we've been able to spend together. I thank you, God, for our moms. Bless them on this wonderful day. I, I pray also, Lord, that you would reveal to each one of the 99 who are in our church family that one that they should be praying for and building a relationship with God. Help us to do that as if their eternity depends on it. I pray this in your son's name and all the people said. God bless, guys. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.